Hola. Hola, cartel. No, not hola, cartel. <laughs> hola. Oh. Hola, que tal? Que tal? Hola, que tal? You said hola, cartel, and I have you. Did you learn Spanish from Narcos or something? Have you? That no, that's only... just my accent. I would say hola, oh. cartel. No, you're saying like different words. I mean, accent only gets you so far. Uh, okay, in okay. terms of excuses. How are you doing, yeah. George, my dear sweet boy, who is uh, got a, a childlike wonder that is very endearing? <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, I'm doing well, thank you very much. Although I would just like to make it known that I've just eaten a lot of food before mm. recording this because I was too hungry to leave it <laughs> for after the phone call, but... Mm. It was probably, a li- I was really dicing with danger and it was the decision I knew going into it. Mm. Mm. Well, I quite feel like a quite lethargic. On yes, it. I'm, I'm still trying to work out uh, the best method for, you know, when to, because podcast is a bit like, um, it's a bit like being a professional athlete. You need to be very conscious of your what you're putting in your body so that you can perform to your maximum potential and i know that i've certainly had times where i haven't eaten enough in the day and my growling stomach has picked up on mike and that's nice Mm. for everyone to hear um but then Mm. it sounds like you maybe have gone too far the other way uh filled up and now you're it's a bit of a uh augustus augustus gloop situation yeah it really is i think my body's kind of hey i want anyone listening to know i'm gonna give you my all tonight ladies and gentlemen (laughs) i'm gonna really perform this you're in for a rip-roaring episode have you ever Um, have you ever had a large meal before a gig oh yeah i hate it yeah i if i go on stage at half nine ten nine don't know what time i go on stage Hmm. um i probably have dinner at like five or six because otherwise you are burping a lot in your gig. And especially I get quite excited on stage, a lot of jumping up and down. Uh-huh. Um, Sloshing all the food. And that's about. not good. Yeah, but occasionally I'll do like a big day of promo and um, there'll be like a live performance in the evening and they're like, oh, we've scheduled in uh, five minutes, minutes for, for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're going to take you to this Italian restaurant. Uh-huh. I don't know. And you're like, well, could I just, I mean, yeah, I don't know if that's actually happened. I'm just making up a scenario. But yes. Yeah, there are times where I find myself... Yeah, can you hear? Because it's not... Sometimes I could be cute and snuggly when we're recording, but this is more, um, I don't know, slow and lethargic. Slug-like. Sort of... Uh, yes. Yeah, slug-like. Would it, would it be fair to, to maybe give you a new name for this episode of uh, Slugsworth? And then for the rest yeah, of the rest of the episode, I will only refer to you as Slugsworth. And I hope if you tell any anecdotes where someone said, you know, like, oh yeah, someone said to me the other day, "Hey, Slugsworth, have you ever tried this?" <laughs> yeah. um, no, I could do that. Um, Ollie, mm-hmm. how are you? I'm I'm doing very well as we speak, but I had I've I've been very emotional all week. My emotions have been. At an all-time high, I saw I was I saw an advert on Spanish TV and it had loads of old people in it, and even though I didn't understand what they were saying, and even though they were actually smiling and everything seemed fine, 
I sort of imagined my own story that it was like an advert for a funeral home or something and, and shed a little tear at an imagined advert. Um, <laughs> so that's how I'm doing. Uh, you know, it could have been an advert for biscuits. They were, I mean, they were eating biscuits in the advert. That might make more sense. But um, everything around me, I've, I turn into... Um, uh, uh, you, we've said this before George we've described ourselves as um, international men of misery and I really yes. feel like uh, in the last week I've been living up to that name and today I had my first uh, sort of panic attack in a long time it wasn't a full-blown panic attack but uh, firstly I should say that even saying that sentence is actually that's quite good because I used to have them multiple times a day. Uh, so it's Im an improvement. But because it's been so long, I sort of forgot, like, oh, they're really horrible. Um, and, uh, like, because when I had them every day, they were still horrible and intense. But I don't know, you kind of adapt somewhat. At least I did. Um, mm. But because I've had some time off from it, it came back with a vengeance and kicked but me right say... up the... Excuse me? <laughs> kicked me right up the anus. Okay, please, carry on. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, when you say it was like... I can't remember how you worded it, but not like a... Did you say not a full-blown full blown. experience? Yeah. It's like a salt bay, kind of just a dash of... Um, it was more than a dash. I would say... You know how Jamie Oliver always says like... Or oh, nice dollop or something. Uh, or yeah. He says a splash of wine and puts like half a bottle of wine in or whatever. Yeah. It was more yeah. like that. But it when I say it right. wasn't full blown, it, it wasn't man versus food. It, no, it wasn't man versus food. It wasn't Guy Fieri's diners and drive-ins. It wasn't an American excessive panic attack. This makes no sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but basically, do you find with celebrity chefs they use a lot more salt than I ever would? When you see them cooking something like, oh, just a bit of salt, and they put a lot in. Yeah, I can't follow. That's why, like, I I can't really deal with any uh, TV cooking if I'm trying to like follow along and do something myself. I need to know exactly how much goes in, and when they say like. Oh, you know, just a little dash of this, little dash of that. And it's like, yeah. I, I need to know exactly, because otherwise I end up having... I need to know in milliliters. Yes, please. Or um, I made... Uh, what did I make the other day? Oh, yeah. Well, this is the other thing. Have you tried to look at a recipe online recently? Why? What? What? Where are you going with this? I, so I Googled just, you know, like for chicken fajita recipe. And there's all these yeah. people who have blogs where they have their various recipes, which is fine. But the first, like, 2,000 words is just them talking oh, about God. the dish. And then you have to scroll all the way down to get the actual uh, steps, cooking steps. And by that time, yeah, yeah. like, I know everything about this person. I know that, like, their third, their oldest child doesn't like the fajitas but the middle one is a huge fan and there's all these cheeky jokes <laughs> and it's like i didn't come here f to learn about your family your personality anything like that i want some fajitas i'm hungry and i want to chow down <laughs> <laughs> but ollie um 
I do occasionally experience that, but I would say you need to get on BBC, BBC Good, Food. Good Food. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the reason that I uh, have strayed from the light in, in that sense, because usually I would only go BBC Good Food. Yeah. But my girlfriend and I have this thing called an instant pot. Oh. And I mean, I I just want to say I do like the device and I use it and it's useful, but it's very sort of American. And so, what is it? It's like a what? What would you call it? It's a pressure cooker, but basically, it just means Oof. you can chuck loads of stuff in it and press one button, and it all all like tastes nice and that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you can like it has buttons on it that says like chicken or beef or broth, or one says yogurt, and so basically, it like just does a load of stuff. But uh, BBC Good Food, funnily enough, does not have instant pot specific recipes, <laughs> no, whereas all these blogs uh, do. So yeah, I, my panic attack was a bit like a instant pot uh, <gasps> broth. Broth, yeah, it was more of a broth than a full. Um, what's thicker than a broth? Stew? Uh, yeah. Um... Well, I, I, sorry, I've just been, I've just, it's made me laugh that we're less than 10 minutes into this week's episode and we're now talking <laughs> like about cooking shows. But hey, what I've never understood, because you just said, you know, I, I struggle to follow cooking shows live. Well, um, it's just, I don't actually uh, do. I, I mean, yeah, does anyone do that? It's just hit me. What are those shows for? Because <laughs> it's just, there's so many of them. Well, I think, but do people like tune in? Like, oh, I can't wait to make that casserole. <laughs> well, they usually don't they say like all the recipes will be on the website blah 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 so if you watch it and you go oh that looks nice you can yeah you can then go on the website and start it and a lot of them they have like a story you know like they're like they're going to italy to hang out with some guy who um invented pasta he's still alive (laughs) he's still alive (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Still alive, and he's invited and Ramsay he around. Pasta. <laughs> Come and visit, Mister Pasta. <laughs> Arthur Pasta. Oh. Oh. Um. <laughs> God love him. Well, look, Ollie. I don't want to take away. It's. It is what you're saying. If you think about the fact that you had a panic attack today, and it was a uh, surprise. It stands out in the timeline of the last few months yeah as a i think i wonder why that is what why i had it today yeah i wonder more i wonder what it is that has made it go away you know help yeah made them go away to Um, an extent i mean hashtag my meds i think because i doubled my dose i don't know a few months ago now i think that is probably what and when i mean i've still felt anxious but i haven't had the the kind of the panic attacks and it's that classic thing of like as soon as i started having it that was when i realized how long it had been uh, and you know like i think we've talked about this before when it's when something isn't happening like say when you're feeling okay it's sometimes hard to put yourself in the headspace of when you felt anxious or depressed or whatever because you're like, I feel good now. I've always felt good. I don't even remember what it's like to feel bad. And this whole time for, for months or whatever, I've kind of 
been taking for granted. I've just like, oh, I feel good now. Everything's fine. And then as soon as I had a panic attack, I was like, oh, it kind of felt felt like I had. Well, t- I mean, again, taken for granted or or wasted it. It doesn't really make sense because I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I just, I just not having the panic attack is the reward. Being able to like <laughs> yes. live a normal life and not have to try and plan around this thing. But when it happened today, at first I did the classic. I was like, I've got, I've got Rona. I've got the Rona. Oh no! Because I started panicking. Well, no, I started feeling weird, basically, and I had just got in from the supermarket. So, of course, I immediately assumed, like, oh, the, I went to the supermarket and got absolutely riddled with Rona, and it's already showing, rearing its ugly head. And and then I was Googling, because my breathing was becoming weird and laboured, and obviously that is one of the symptoms of the coronavirus, and it was almost like I'd forgotten, like, one, what panic attacks feel like. And two, that, that, that this is something that I'm, like, prone to. I was like, whoa, my breathing feels weird. Whereas, again, a few months ago, like, that wouldn't even have been notable. And so I lost all perspective. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm dying. I guess I'm dying then. Whereas before, when it happened all the time, I'd be like, nah, I can't be dying every day. So... <laughs> I must not be dying. Um, And so I kind of went through to my, uh, went through to the other room where my girlfriend was and was saying how I didn't feel well. And as I was saying it, I was like, oh, it's probably, I'm probably having a panic attack. I kind of realized as I was trying to articulate it to her. And um, yeah, unless there's a new form of Corona that lasts about 10 minutes. I think I'm in the clear. Well, uh, for me and all of the listeners of Phone a Friend, I'm very happy to hear that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, <sighs> and I was trying to think about why it happened today. And again, I, and I don't know how useful it is to, to try and find a direct cause because often there there isn't really one. It's not as, as uh, linear as that. But it has been a bit... I have been kind of stressed this week and... Like I said, emotions sky high. And uh, yesterday in the in the UK, Boris Johnson kind of changed the lockdown restrictions. Sort of, it's all very confusing, at least from from my perspective. And him talking about how things wouldn't be back to normal until July at the earliest. Obviously, I. I kind of knew that, but him saying that kind of reminded me how long it's going to be until I can see you or any of my friends or my family. You wouldn't understand this, George, because you're not an uncle, but I miss my nephew. And <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way of explaining it to you in terms you'll understand. Imagine your sister like got a really nice guitar. Oh, okay. But then her and the guitar went away and all you could do is FaceTime her and the guitar every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you imagine that? God, I feel like I can imagine like a tenth of what you must be feeling. <laughs> but yeah, I think that just a, a bit like whenever there's news, as it were, about things changing or whatever, it kind of ends up just reinforcing like how 
how big of a thing this is and and how long it's going to take for stuff to to get back to normal so i think i think that was all on my mind basically um yeah i i I had the exact same thing last night. I tuned in live for Boris Johnson's announcement. And it's those like official interactions or like the kind of, you really get a sense of the fact that everyone on your street is tuning in. Mm -hmm. And for me, it really brings home the the magnitude of it all. Mm -hmm. And the kind of, I know I keep saying this, but I go through waves of being able to make sense of it all. And it's almost the more sense it makes, the scarier it is Mm. um, at times. And yeah, I had the exact same thing. And since then as well, it's kind of my, I don't know, it's reset how I feel about it all, you know? Um, Is it, I mean, so how do you feel about it all? Are you... Well, I think a week ago or so, I started to kind of get the feeling that we were on the other side of something. Mm -hmm. I I might have even mentioned that. Yeah. Um, And last night and today, it's felt like, no, it's still very much in, I think. Yeah. Um, And I should say as well, earlier today, and hopefully there will be one of these at the end of this episode, Ollie, but I, I spoke to three of our... Uh, listeners yes uh we did i did zoom calls with three of our listeners very high tech are very high tech all of whom are key workers all of whom were incredible and it was very just lovely to sit and be able to speak with them they were short conversations and the plan is for anybody listening that we're going to hopefully have one of these calls at the end of each episode yeah and the reason for doing so is i just think it's honestly for me it's just lovely to be able to be in touch with these people even if for you know 10 minutes it's you know it's really nice um but to get a feel for how they are and to see what their time looks like but i think those conversations again i have family members and friends that are key workers Mm -hmm. but there's something about talking to people that i haven't met before i don't know there was just something it really drilled at home yeah and it's this is very much the the fear for me is okay. Well, when am I going to be able to be outside again freely? And when they're all very personal fears that each of us are experiencing. Mm-hmm. And these people that I was talking to, certainly for two of them, it's their fear is you know having to go to work and that including visiting hospitals and that you know and that's it's hard to comprehend. Yeah. Um. And I don't regret this at all i think a part of what everybody is going through and i see this in my friends and family is that you're well how can i make it so that whatever it is i'm experiencing i can try and make this normal in some way i can make it so that every day isn't waking up to this the fear that we're talking about Mm -hmm. i I don't know and there is easier said than done yeah it is easier said than done but then i would still say that i'm really happy with Again, even in my circles, some incredible stories of friendship, friendship and love, and you know, just phone calls and stuff. That that still is important. I, th- I think that yeah. there's, it kind of, it still feels like there was an explosion, a flurry of activity when it all first came to a head. I, but those things are still helping me. Yeah, and I think that these these conversations with with key workers, if you are like like us and you're in like a pretty privileged position in terms of your safety and stuff i think it's sort of the least we could do is to acknowledge and kind of explore the people who are their experience is very different to ours and like you said there's all these amazing things happening all the time but we have to 
seek them out maybe a bit more than because at the beginning you know everything there was always kind of a positive story at the end of the news and then it kind of feels like it slipped away into a bit more of just like more more grim news um yeah which you know whatever i can i can kind of understand but i think that it will be nice to i'm gonna use a phrase i hate but shine a light on some of the amazing work being done out there i think think, yeah i don't think you should hate like the thing that i struggled with today with the three people i spoke to is i really struggle with i think because you see a lot of insincere sincerity mm-hmm. <laughs> online yeah does that make sense yes absolutely. Like, i know exactly you know, what you mean i, I couldn't uh, communicate just enough how grateful i was for these people and these people that are you know finding time to sit and chat with me i don't know it was just very inspiring and there's nothing the other thing is the people that are working as key workers in this time, a lot of them are jobs that they would never have considered that, that they would find themselves on the front line of a pandemic, yeah. you know? And and you just have to step up and go with it. And and people are. Yeah. And I just think that's incredible. Yeah. I, I just think that that's just very inspiring. Definitely. Yeah. I, um, I was reading something today about people who people who are working in supermarkets who are obviously now like all of a sudden i mean well not all of a sudden they've always been essential but people have kind of taken it for granted whereas now when you think about it imagine if we didn't have these people going to work every day at the supermarket so that we can i can go and get pancetta um because i quite have a fancy a carbonara Ooh. and you know, well chuck it chuck it all in the instant pot and see what happens <laughs> let's not go down that road again <laughs> now well the funny thing about like jamie oliver is <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. don't we love his soul yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's just like you said people are stepping up and what's yeah i, I don't want to i'm saying this like like stepping up as if it's their duty but they have t- they have kind of accepted this position they're in and you know i just don't want to take that for granted basically um, no 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 I, th- I think we all agree with you thanks everyone um, thanks everyone um yeah so I've, i you know i know that me and you ollie have spoken about this show doesn't need to be another outlet for doom and gloom and i and i, and I think that's true i stand by that but they I can't help but admit that right now it's uh, it's just an odd thing to face and to get my head around. Yeah, I mean, um, th- this podcast is for for us to talk about how we're feeling, and this is how you you're this is how we're both feeling at the moment. Uh, yeah, and it would be kind I of dishonest to, to to pretend that it's not a stressful situation. Yeah, I actually think. Uh, well, I don't know if it's helpful, but I think that people people kind of respond to i think that when we were kind of the only times we talk about corona was the like positive stories i think there are a few people yeah. that were like yeah these are great but it's almost like we weren't acknowledging the kind of the difficult stuff at the same time um yeah I, the reason i said i hope it's helpful is what i mean is i i don't know all i feel as if 
I can offer, I don't want to speak for you Ollie, is the fact that I feel uncertain. And I don't know how helpful that is to hear. Maybe it is just to hear that people are feeling the same way, you know, maybe there is some yes, and comfort in that. And it, it, it's also okay to not, you know, not everything, I know that everything I say is really helpful and insightful and changes lives. <laughs> yeah. But this is a space for us to to talk about how we feel. And I know what you mean. I know you don't necessarily want to dwell on stuff that, um, you know, it might not be productive, but you're uncertain. A lot of people are. That's okay. It's, it, if anything, it's, I would say that's the normal <laughs> response. Like I, I, again, there was a thing on BBC this week about more people are worried about the kind of the boredom and the stress and the anxiety that comes along with crisis than their actual kind of physical health and, and the virus itself. And that's not to at all downplay the kind of severity of the virus, but there was a survey and and the, the main thing on this group's mind were kind of the, it was the uncertainty, it was the the day-to-day stuff of being bored and not knowing when it's going to end and that was the stuff that was preoccupied they were more preoccupied with that and that's certainly how I feel because so many of us I think look to sort of to when when we want to deal with stress or anxiety or indeed boredom because boredom can be can lead to to a period of anxiousness because you just kind of you your brain thinks oh, nothing's going on right now so i'll introduce an element oh. of danger <laughs> yeah 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 but i i know i've said this ollie as well but i just i try and get my head around i find myself feeling really i don't know each day I'll, it's like i'll pick a different me at a different age and then i think about people at that age and i think like wow oh, what must it be like for them mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I was thinking about. I think I mentioned this to you last week, but I don't think I me- I don't think it was on mic, as it were. Um, mm. But when I first went for uh, well, not one of the t- first times I w- went for a walk, because uh, for the listener in, here in Barcelona, we've only been allowed to go out for exercise for uh, for a week now after two months of lockdown, and immediately in these kind of first few days i saw youths teens uh ruffians passing around mary jane cannabis weed puff smoke the green stuff um and they had their masks like around their necks like dangling uselessly while they passed around a saliva ridden spliff and uh and people were like congregating and and drinking beers and and at first I was like, this is outrageous. And well, I do still sort of feel that way. But then when I said this to you, you said, well, imagine if this happened while we were 16. You know, I'm not saying we would be out doing illegal drugs, but we would probably be losing our minds with boredom and we would probably be bending the rules. I'm not saying that's good. I do think it's bad. But but it's you can't when you're 16 you can't grasp that. Sorry, that sounds so like there will be 16 year olds <laughs> listening to this. saying, "Hey, me, say, I can grasp." Yeah, yeah, sorry, there will be plenty of 16 year olds listening to this. What I'm actually saying is, when, when I was yeah. 16, uh, that I wouldn't have been able to grasp grasp. I mean, I'm struggling now. 
This is what I mean, is it's like I struggle to be like, how do you make sense of... And so much of that age for me was like ritual. It was like knowing what you do at certain ages. People go to university or people go and start, you know, a, a, a job of some sort or people, some people go off travelling. There's very like, oh, when, you know, for us, when you're 16, you go to Reading Festival if you can get a ticket. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And if you're, if you've seen, you know, your peers, older siblings, things like that do these things and then it's taken, it's really hard, I think. That's almost was the important thing for me at that time. That was, the mo- it's very social, isn't it? It's like your social standing of that's important stuff. Well, um, I know that there'll be a lot of a lot of people for whom this summer was the one that was going to be like the last hurrah before people move away or you go to uni or whatever or and yeah i have been thinking about how that just suddenly disappears um Mm. and you can't do anything about it and you can't blame anyone like it's just it is what it is just chaos i would just yeah i just want to say that to any 16 year olds listening to this i believe in you wholeheartedly and i imagine you're taking this very seriously i I really did just mean when i think about it i'm picturing me as a 16 year old and i was thick probably an idiot (laughs) yeah I don't remember you. But I mean, well, you know, you were we were all dumb teenagers, but I wouldn't say you were particularly. Uh, maybe. Oh we'll, no, I've always been a yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you've always been a legend, mate. Um, <laughs> is that what you were yeah. gonna say? <laughs> oh yeah, I've well, always been say, a legend. I've always been. I was gonna say something even more embarrassing, so I'm not gonna. Know. Well, I think you've always been a pretty like courteous uh, chap, even if you're being cheeky. You know, you, yeah. um, maybe we should to f- for anyone out there who was gonna go to Reading Festival this summer. What's your worst memory of Reading? Just to make them I feel mean, better. Yeah, I, I would like to say that it was it meant everything for to me for the two years leading up <laughs> okay, to it. Okay, this and, isn't gonna um, help. <laughs> um, no, no, no. And, oh, I see. Okay. Oh, I, I loved it, but I mean. Trust me, there's there's other stuff that will happen in your life that will <laughs> that will be that will be better than Reading Festival. <laughs> I feel like I don't want to say this because I've probably been employed by the organisers of Reading <laughs> Festival on more than one occasion. Um, well, no, that is something I've been thinking about, and I'm kind of reluctant to say it on this show because I'm aware people are going through all sorts of things but I've started for the first time to think you know I'm lucky in the sense that I had no shows booked at the minute I'm writing Mm -hmm. and recording but it's like what's our industry gonna look like because I know it's what we offer is entertainment for people and where does entertainment I mean how can you do a show you get a hundred thousand people stood in front of the pyramid stage I just can't comprehend that now I know it feels so strange to imagine like a, a little bit before the lockdown started here my girlfriend and i went to a comedy night in this little basement bar in barcelona all these people crammed in like i can't imagine doing that now it feels like a different world yeah who knows i don't think we're gonna solve these questions right now but it is i think it is legitimate to wonder what 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 i mean and sport as well and all these things that um, are big spectacles I have no idea what they're going to look like yeah, when uh, am I going to get the opportunity to try out my unofficial um, oh national your anthem. national anthem yeah that's a real shame that just as as you express <laughs> this brilliant idea that is really really bulletproof 
Um, <laughs> you know, the opportunity to try it out is taken away from us. That is a shame. I'm sorry, my dear boy. Oh, yeah. um, oh Ollie. I, oh. I, oh. Um, oh, listeners, oh, just just anyone listening to this, I want you to know. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll second that. It's an oh from me as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, that, I don't... <laughs> I don't agree with that. That is too aggressive. Ah! That is, that, okay, that is too much. Okay, sorry, but that is how I feel. I want to run out onto the streets and just and kind of mamma me away. Yo, yeah, and just see. Well, yeah. oh, I want to rip my clothes off and just scream. I want to rip my clothes off and go to the pub. <laughs> yeah, but that's the you know that's oh, oh what. I, <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a huge section of this podcast which is just grunting and <laughs> I because the the fact that I can go outside is still kind of new to me. Um I have to say it was such a kind of anticlimax because like I had this slow realization that just because you I can't can... play your Xbox outside. Yeah, I was so disappointed. Okay, George, look, it's a good joke, but let's get a few things straight. Uh, I've got a PlayStation. Um, okay. I'm not an Xbox guy. I've got a Nintendo Switch, but it should basically just be called the the Animal Crossing machine um, <laughs> yeah. for my girlfriend. And what I was going to say is that Obviously, I had two months stuck indoors. And so I was thinking the whole time, like, God, especially because everyone I knew in the UK was allowed to have this exercise time. I was like, oh, I wish we had that. I mean, if I had that, I'd be able to deal with this just fine. And then slowly it's like, nah, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's (laughs) not the real world. It's not real life. And I, I went, I've been out a few times and... I talked last week about how problematic the wearing the mask can be. And would you agree, George, just for listeners who don't know maybe what I I look like, would you say I have resting little bitch face? No. Um, I think I... I'd say you have like kind of resting thoughtful face. I think I always look sort of angry because because my eyebrows have got that weird sort of I'd say more stroppy for you not angry okay grumpy whatever like, but but unhappy <laughs> unhappy yeah. but but in a way like not not like Eeyore going around like oh woe is me but more like oh fuck everyone around me and that is yeah. an issue when you got the mask on only the top half of my face is visible so i got steamed up glasses so i'm horny austin powers and i've got my naturally kind of villainous eyebrows and i i'm probably imagining this but i've had all these exchanges where like at the shop or whatever where i'm trying i'm smiling under my mask i'm trying to smile with my eyes but it feels like they think i'm angry and i i, I want to say like Hey, listen, you're getting the wrong impression. Um, but how do you say jolly in Spanish or like happy? Um, God, I should know happy at least. Uh, let's find out what jolly is. That's a fun word. Or blessings me. or something like that. Yeah. And you could just say it over and over again. Like if, if you were saying many blessings. 
so that people knew you were spreading good cheer yeah. and many blessings. I think that would put people at ease if I was going around just <laughs> saying many blessings to them. Um, yeah. Okay, jolly in Spanish is alegre, alegre, cheerful, glad, joyful, happy. Okay, so what I should do next time I'm in the shop is is point at my face and say, uh, alegre. Allegre. Allegre, allegre. I am jolly. I am jolly. Oh, no, don't. That's really terrible advice because I think some people would be like, fuck off. Yeah, they'd be like... like when that's not where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> people might just appreciate the fact that you're miserable under your mask. Oh, well, I hope I can be of some service. Yeah. Um, oh, Ollie. Don't start grunting and screaming again, please. Sorry, but it is... Okay, I'll, t- I'll tell you, you I'll, t- I'll tell you what. You can have 10 seconds to just grunt as much as you want and then get out of your system. We'll move on. <laughs> okay. Feel, feel a bit better? Uh, yeah. Oh, God, that's so weird. I wonder if that might be cut. <laughs> No, that's lovely. No, that's that's yeah. Okay. I okay. think <laughs> let's encourage our listeners out there, no matter where you are, if you're on your way home or, well, you're probably at home or you're a key worker, in which case maybe don't do this if you're tending to someone in hospital and you suddenly go, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're at What's home. What's more funny about that idea is that someone would be, you know, Te- caring for somebody in a hospital somewhere with our podcast on in the, you know, airport. Well, listen, you laugh, but we've got emails from people suggesting that that is, for some reason, what they do. <laughs> um, well, then, what I'd say is, if that is what you do, let it out. Let it. No, that is terrible <laughs> advice. That is terrible advice. Well, speaking of emails, perhaps we should beckon the list, the uh, the messenger boy over. I have to say I'm a bit worried about him. He's going through a bit of a rebellious phase and I I can't be certain, but I, I'm pretty sure I heard him listening to rock music the other day. Oh, no. Um, and it's really kind of coming through in, in his attitude. Um, oh. So let's get him over, but just a little warning. He Next he'll be on the Cherry Vape or something. Oh, don't, George. Not my boy. Not my sweet. Two litres of Strongbow. Hey, he's not going to Reading this year, um, oh, yeah. so hopefully he'll be able to to put off the throwing up after. <laughs> oh no! <clears throat> Never mind, Muzak. Email for you, my lord. News from the east, sire. Emails just come in, my lord. Uh, yeah, little rocker messenger boy, come on over. Um, okay, so here is an email. Oh, yeah, uh, thank you, messenger boy. Go listen to Green Day in your room or whatever it is you're up to at the moment. So, this is an email from Gina, and Gina says, Hello, George and Ollie. Hope you're both doing well. My name is Gina. Hello, Gina. Oh, sorry. Keep it to yourself till the end, please, mate. Sorry. <laughs> no, okay. Say hello to Gina. Hello, I'm right Gina. At... Oh, my God, George. <laughs> Just a little bit of fun. Just joking. Oh. Okay. My name is Gina, and I'm writing to you from Chelmsford, Massachusetts. Mass... <clears throat> Mass... 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 Massachusetts. 
Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I don't know. I'm writing you from Chelmsford. Apologies if this email ends up being a little lengthy, but I hope you'll find it worth the read. First of all, I want to let you know how much I look forward to listening to this podcast every week, especially nowadays with everything that's been going on. The banter between you two always makes me laugh out loud. On a more serious note, I appreciate how open you are about your mental health. I think it's really important in general, but now even more so for people to hear how candidly you both speak about such topics. I thought you'd be interested to know that because of an email you read on the show a few weeks ago, I decided to start a fundraiser for a fantastic organisation that has been impacted by this pandemic. I'm a student at the University of Massachusetts, (laughs) and I volunteer at a local organisation called the Amherst Survival Centre. They're an incredibly hard-working group of people who offer many vital services to community members in need, including hot meals, fresh produce and pantry items, clothing, winter jackets, even lockers and laundry machines for those experiencing homelessness. In the video call a friend episode a few weeks ago, George read an email from a girl named Caitlin describing the organization she is a part of, and it reminded me of the Amherst Survival Centre, where I am no longer able to physically volunteer due to my campus closing. I know how stressful this situation has been for those helping some of our most vulnerable populations and the survival center is doing amazing things and serving more people than usual. So I wanted to try to help them out by starting a fundraiser like Caitlin's. Later, I had a Zoom meeting with my acapella group, the Vocal (gasps) Suspects, and a few of our members expressed interest in raising money for some sort of COVID relief effort. So I told them about the fundraiser. Everyone loved the idea of helping an organization within our own community, so we decided to take it on as a group. We only just got the page up and running, but we're eager to start sharing it with as many people as we can. Hopefully we can help the Survival Center continue to fight food insecurity as it has become an even more prevalent issue to the pandemic. I thought the two of you would be happy to hear the indirect effects your show is having on communities so far away from you. I think it's amazing how, despite the global conditions of isolation we are all experiencing, you're managing to spread positive vibes and inspire good deeds all over the world. So, uh, firstly, what I want to say is we're getting too much credit for this because really it's Caitlin, uh, whose email you read out, who inspired Gina to do something similar. And we are humble messengers. Not mess- We're not the messenger boy. We're a bit more bit more handsome than that i hope <laughs> he's very ugly little thing and we're not but we're humble messengers and you guys are the ones doing amazing work and this organization sounds like a very worthwhile one and the fact that you're finding a way to help them even when you can't physically volunteer is amazing uh george any like agree to, excuse I, me george hello george i just love hearing these messages and i love the deliberately doing something in their community yes i think is i think that's important and i think that um often there's you know there's no right or wrong big campaigns small campaigns i think if you're doing good things that's brilliant mm-hmm. but it's just lovely to know that people are focusing in on their communities yes um and i'd also love to know a bit more about their um a cappella group. The vocal suspects, yes. Um, yeah. There's a, there's over a dozen of them, so can, can you imagine those rich harmonies? 
Oh, beautiful. Um, and beautiful stuff. Gina has also attached a picture of a puzzle that um, she completed. <laughs> uh, and make my puzzle. By the way, George, we have got so many people trying to um, uh, sending in their puzzles for you to rate, and I've I've kind of held them back only because I. F- Listen, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but I fear George will be brutal about some of the puzzles that have come in. Um, well, I, I'm ready I, to rip Gina's I, puzzle. I, well, even Gina's puzzle. I Look, Gina, we love what you're doing. Much respect. But first of all, it's a 500-piecer, okay? You know, that's... It's good. It's a good. Play. Well, no, it's a good start. It's a good start. <laughs> um, and the pieces are absolutely wench um <laughs> so so i feel as if uh do you want me to send you a picture george so you can rip no, it no i don't want no i don't want to spread any negativity i haven't seen the puzzle but um i imagine it's beautiful and it gina, looks beautiful the final us. product is wonderful and and yes uh all power to you gina and good luck with the campaign for the Amherst Survival Center. And yes, so now maybe there's going to be a conversation you had with uh, a key worker, or there's just going to yeah, be our fun know. song. Yeah, I don't know if the plan is for it to come after the fun song or before, but hey, listeners, it's fluid. We love you. And um, don't say it. There's going to be a conversation between me and one of our lovely listeners, hopefully, at the end of this. Um, okay. And hey, Ollie. Y- yeah. Thank you for bearing with me this week. And um, yeah, I hope it wasn't too... I don't know. I've just felt a bit... Um... George, you've been an absolute pleasure as usual. You are. You are imagining things that aren't there um i'm can you tell me i'm a diamond in the rough but not even that you're a diamond (laughs) in in a pile of other diamonds (laughs) i'm joking um Um, and no no i just mean as in the whole like i hope it's not too negative about everything going on it's just i feel a bit flat about it all well Um, i think people will appreciate the fact that you are being open about that that's people let's be honest people don't tune in for um actual concrete advice or if they did i'm so (laughs) sorry um (laughs) yeah i think the only piece of advice we've given this episode is that you should have 10 seconds of grunting uh wherever you find yourself and you know i'm not sure that that is necessarily (laughs) a good idea but um (laughs) <laughs> Maybe we could start a TikTok trend where people just go <laughs> for ten seconds. <laughs> God, <laughs> sweep the nation. Oh. Um, George, if you're one of our brothers and sisters in Canada or anywhere else for that matter, how would you get in touch with us? What would be the the, the 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 best way? The well, I'd say the best way would be to email us at contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com that's contact excuse me george i was gonna echo the email go for it go Uh, sorry uh, you're not gonna fuck it up for me again are you (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I was just going to send so much love to our brothers and sisters in Canada, and my heart goes out to you all. Yeah, well, I'll just reiterate that we are sending love to brothers and sisters in Canada and around the world. Uh, not just Canadians. And yes, that email again, uh, as I was trying to say it before, I was so rudely interrupted by a very cheeky boy um, who's becoming less and less of a diamond in the rough the more he speaks getting on my nerves a little bit actually i'm sorry contact at phonefriendpodcast.com send us an email give us a rating tell your pals but most of all stay safe stay cool stay sexy no let's take that out <laughs> I'll tell you what you can keep you can keep it in but just make sure that I it, it's clear that I immediately realized that uh, that was a mistake and I apologize um I'd thank say you I'd say um make mistakes make money make love <laughs> <laughs> Okay and on that note thank you very much for listening Thank you George you've been a pleasure as Cheers, always Alice. Alright mate, bye bye. So here is the bonus part of the podcast, a new section of the podcast. And I have on the line Penny, who listeners may remember from the other week, wrote in to tell us about her ambulance karaoke sessions going through the countryside listening to Shotgun, which was amazing to read out. Um, And we're on the phone now just to check in with Penny and see how she's doing. How are you, Penny? I am very well, thank you. How are you, George? I'm good too. This is uh, we had a few technical difficulties. The first thing Penny said when she joined the Zoom call was, "Oh no, I'm a bit of a technophobe," um, which is exactly my position as well in life. So we're together, we're a bit useless, but I think we're making it work. Um, yeah. So today you're at home. Today I am. Day. I'm at home. Yeah. What have you busied yourself with today? So I have been doing some drawing. Um, nice. I absolutely love drawing. I have been, what, did, what am I drawing at the moment? I've been doing some drawings of my dog. Um, nice. Well, I have, he's not here because he's with my family. But um, I drew one of him when he was younger and they've asked for a, an updated one. So that's what I've been doing. And then I've been out in the garden as well, done my daily walk. Um, and also some macrame, which apparently is very in at the minute. What's macrame? I think I'm saying it right, but it's like rope and like you make patterns and stuff out of it. So I'm making like a um, hanging planter kind of thing. Nice. I think I can picture what it is you're talking about, the hanging plant thing. It's really yeah. like a lot of friends that I'm talking to. It's uh, what's echoed through a lot of the conversations is there's these things that are keeping us uh, busy uh, our minds and our hands busy the drawing the creating mm. things the uh, and I think well god I'm probably talking for myself here but if somebody said like oh you could only go outside for an hour a day I'd be like that's plenty you know and then yeah. you realize no it you know it it goes quickly that time yeah and, and you have to find ways to keep yourself I don't know certainly for myself I can find myself slipping down little paths in my mind where I'm like I, I'm not sure this is the best place 
for me to be. Do you find that you're phoning people, you know, family and friends more than you would have before everything started? Oh, gosh, yeah. I know my grandparents are obviously quite concerned because I'm working on the front line. And so I'm calling them every week. I've been doing like video calls like most people with my friends and family. And I think that's a positive we should take out of this situation is that for me, and I think quite a lot of other people, is it's brought us and our family and friends closer together. So although what everything that's going on is horrible, that is a positive from it. Absolutely. So you um, can you give us an idea of what a normal day for you just day to day at work looks like? So you have yep. to get there's somewhere you have to travel to. Let's start there. OK, so I will put my alarm on for 5am. I'll get up, shower, and then drive over to the ambulance station. Then I will meet my crewmate and we will sign on to our ambulance at six. And we need to kit the ambulance out and make sure everything's working. And then that's it. We're on call for 12 hours and sort of within 15 minutes of signing on, we'll normally have a job. And so we will drive to that job and carry that out, leave the person at home or take them to hospital and then just keep doing that really until the end of the shift comes. That's amazing that you can predict that within 15 minutes there will be a job for you to jump on. (laughs) Yeah and I guess that's never not the case, there's never a day where you're left you know twiddling your thumbs. No, um, I mean even during night times we're constantly on the go how do your time how do your shifts change from day to night do you have like a week of day a week of evening shifts no so um there's lots of different patterns but the one that i'm on at the minute is two day shifts so two so say 6 a.m till 6 p.m do that for two days and then the next two are nights so 6 p.m to 6 a.m it's the kind of that you've got to get used to the shift pattern um and you have to kind of learn to sleep during the day and i don't sleep at the best of times so um that's probably the hardest thing yeah 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 okay so it's in your email that you sent to the podcast, you mentioned mm-hmm. that there was, and I hope I'm getting this right, correct me if I'm not, but you took some time off work for your mm. for your own mental health. Yes, um, that's right. How, on a timescale, how long ago was that period of time off work? Um, so it was a sort of couple of weeks after the whole corona thing really took off. So... I was diagnosed with anxiety, depression and some PTSD from work Um, and with the whole corona thing it just exacerbated all of my mental health problems Um, and I think that's the case for lots of people at the minute. I've been having therapy and I've been put on medication and I am so much better now and I just I don't recognise myself Um, But the the main thing that I've realised is that the human body strives off of um, social interaction and doing things it enjoys. So whereas before this whole situation, um, we might find ourselves being outside playing with our friends or going to the pub after work, seeing our family, suddenly that was all taken away from us and we no longer are able to do the things that we enjoy. So our mood has kind of, you know, become lower. And it's super important that we try to find alternative things that bring us joy. So for Mm. me, it's my drawing and my gardening Mm. and my macrame. And although at the time it might not bring you joy, eventually 
um, you should notice your mood lifting. And that's kind of just one of the things that has helped me get to where I am now. Yeah, amazing. And, and like, it's really lovely to hear you talk about it. So I don't know, you feel comfortable with talking about it. Is that always been the case? Or is that something that you've learned with time that talking about it helps you? Um, so I think in my teenage years, I know lots of teenagers struggle with mental health. I know for me that I did. And it was around that time that I noticed that when you talk about it, you can you don't necessarily have to burden someone with it, but it's that kind of form of release. So you're letting it out there. And I've always felt so much better after talking to someone about it. And especially in my job, we go to so many mental health cases, some of them you wouldn't couldn't even imagine. And it's you have to be open with them. So I think it's just kind of a, a natural thing for me to talk about. But I mean, you and Ollie are just doing such an amazing thing with talking about it it's um yeah it's good thank you very much I think that there's that I don't know I because I'm the same I, I find if you're able to kind of talk about it to somebody it really does help and sometimes that frustrates me how simple that is you know because yeah. it's like you hear people say it and often I've found in times where I've been in the middle of it if somebody says talk to somebody it's like you know what do you mean talk to somebody I need more than just conversation yeah but time and time again that that, that conversation plays a huge part in where I'm at with it all absolutely um I, I love that you're kind of keeping yourself busy but also able to talk about this and have you found that when you're talking to family or friends that they well I'm sure they do appreciate you talking to them about it but that they start to talk to you about things that you didn't necessarily know before you approach conversation with them I don't know if there's anything in that but I'm just curious um yeah so for example I've been talking to my mum and dad more and they've kind of been telling me how when I was in the midst of my anxiety and all of that that I was so like easily irritable and like really snappy and they never told me that and they've since only realizing that I'm getting better they've been telling me how I used to be mm. and like you, you don't you don't recognize it yourself until someone tells you which is why I think it's so important to talk about it because you need to recognize that your behavior and your emotions are changing otherwise you're just you know you'll just keep declining I, f- I find it because we didn't kind of grow up with it being spoken about but I can't help but think and I've honestly I've like I've racked my brains about this so often I can't help but assume that kind of how connected we all are to the internet no matter you know how beneficial that all is that has to play a part in it somehow because it's either that the conversation things were suppressed more or that it's more prevalent now than before and if if it's more prevalent now there has to be something that's you know a catalyst for that um, yeah yeah I, th- I think that's you know that's part of what I love talking to Ollie about with these things is it's like you know just trying to get your head around it some way I doubt I will ever have an answer but I find it all (laughs) fascinating um Penny I've got to say goodbye because I've got to jump on another call at half past um but you've been amazing I've absolutely loved this and thank you for um no not at all thank you for your time and thank you for you know of course emailing into the show we appreciate that a lot but thank you for everything that you're doing at the moment and setting your alarm at 5am is test enough not you know (laughs) without everything else going on so yeah you're a legend thank you very much penny thank you take care yeah absolutely see you soon bye bye